0: This special edition of Patient, hosted by Jason Tetro of the Super Awesome Science Show, is produced by Canadian Patient Safety Institute for Stop Clean Your Hands Day. To find out more, visit patientsafetyinstitute.ca.
1: A touch from a loved one is calming. A touch from a friend is comforting. A touch from a stranger can be chilling. A touch from a healthcare provider should be consoling, but if that person hasn't performed hand hygiene, it could be concerning. I'm Jason the Germ Guy Tetro, and on this special episode of The Patient Podcast, we're going to discuss how to have clean care conversations to build confidence between you and your healthcare provider. We'll speak with an infection control professional who strives to ensure patients avoid infections, and a patient advocate who believes that your health is really a matter of asking the right questions to be sure you stay safe. As you will find out, when these conversations happen, it creates a pact between provider and patient so they work together, hand in hand. Let's get started. Every year, 220,000 Canadian patients, approximately one in nine, develop a hospital-acquired infection during their stay in hospital. An estimated 8,000 of those patients will lose their lives. The cost to treat hospital-acquired infection is estimated to be more than $100 million annually. The research into how these infections occur and how to prevent and control them has uncovered a factor that for the longest time was not given much consideration. The role of the patient. Originally, patients were the end users of healthcare, but over the last decade, that role has changed from passive recipient to active participant. However, as with many aspects of turning research into action, there are some issues. Earlier this year, a group of British researchers revealed that one of the main hurdles with involving patients in prevention control activities is the same as trying to get certain healthcare staff to do the same autonomy. This may sound familiar, as it is one of the major reasons for failure in a variety of different realms, from sports to business to international relations. When all participants act as individual entities, the entire system is bound to suffer. probably fail. In essence, there is no I in team. The answer to this dilemma is well known and has proven to work. It's the development of a pact. An agreement between individuals to work together in the hopes of achieving a goal. A resolution is needed that we can call provider and patients hand-in-hand. For that to happen, however, there needs to be a conversation. But not just any conversation. Clean care conversation. For most people who do not work in a healthcare environment, figuring out what to discuss might represent a significant challenge. To get a better idea, we have reached out to Davina Conrad. Currently, Davina is an infection control clinical team lead for a long-term care team. And... An infection control practitioner for a hybrid health center. She's caring for both acute and long term care patients. Her passion lies in evaluating data and working with other healthcare providers to influence change and enhance safety for the patients, visitors, and staff that are all a part of our healthcare system. Learn how to start a clean care conversation with your health care provider, patient, or colleague. Check out handhygiene.ca to access tools, information, and resources to support clean care conversations.
2: My name is Davina Conrad. I am a nurse and an infection prevention and control professional. Uh, I work as a clinical team lead and uh out of uh, a long-term care facility with the WRHA uh, Healthcare Association in the province of Manitoba.
1: What, in your view, is the most important factor in preventing infections in healthcare?
2: Hand hygiene. I think that um, hand hygiene uh, is is definitely the most important factor. Uh, Staff Patients, visitors, everybody moves from room to room all throughout a healthcare unit. Um, and uh, the hands are what interacts with our environment. So uh, you're touching something here, you're moving over there, you're touching something over there. And if we're not doing good hand hygiene or paying close attention to hand hygiene, um, we set ourselves up to spread germs all throughout a unit and potentially make people sick.
1: Now, you say proper hand hygiene how does one wash their hands effectively? I know it sounds so strange, but at the end of the day, there's a right way and then there's not such a great way.
2: Correct, There is. Uh, it depends on what method you're gonna use. Uh, there's two methods to do hand hygiene. Uh, you can either use an alcohol waterless uh, product or you can use good old soap and water. Now most of the time we recommend that you use the alcohol-based hand rub. Uh, It's quick, it's easy and you can do it on the fly. You basically take the alcohol product, put it on your hands, rub your hands together and make sure you cover the whole surface and then let it evaporate probably in about 15 to 20 seconds. If you're going to do the soap and water you need to get uh, your hands slippery. Put the soap on your hands And then run it under the water and make sure you put a little bit of friction uh, in terms of trying to get the germs down the drain. Uh, Then you take a towel and you make sure that you don't recontaminate your hands by turning off the taps.
1: Would you recommend the alcohol-based hand rub then over the hand washing for the majority of times that people should be performing hand hygiene?
2: definitely we recommend that people use the sanitizer whenever they can. If your hands aren't visibly soiled, uh, the hand sanitizer works really well. Now, in that context,
1: how often should a provider be washing their hands or at least performing hand hygiene?
2: So a provider has what we call the four moments of hand hygiene. And so they're basically before you go to take care of a patient, after you've completed your care with a patient, so you're leaving the room, before you go to do something with that patient, such as uh, touching an IV or inserting an IV, that you would consider a clean or aseptic procedure, or after you're done doing something where you could have contaminated your hands, like um, you know helping with the uh, with care or something along that lines.
1: When we start thinking about how often this should be done what's compliance like or do we have any metrics on that
2: so i think that compliance really depends on individual units Um, some units uh, hand hygiene is and it just infused into everything they do Um, and they have a great compliance i mean we're we're always striving for a hundred percent but there's many units (laughs) that will have over 80%. And then there's others that, um, you know, don't have quite the culture for hand hygiene um, developed. And their results may be more in around the 40% range, 30 to 40% range. Um, And I think that in the past, the 30, 40% range was was more common. Um, But the rates are going up.
1: And that's for providers, right?
2: That's for providers.
1: So when we start talking about the other people, the patients, the visitors, the contractors, are we suggesting that maybe we need to have a conversation with them to improve their hand hygiene?
2: I think you need to have a conversation with everyone involved in the healthcare system. Uh, patients, visitors, staff, and any uh, contractors that would come into our healthcare facility. I don't think there's anybody that's exempt from a hand hygiene conversation. Everybody's a piece of the puzzle. And if we don't all work together to do great hand hygiene, then we don't have a clean environment and we still run the risk of spreading infection from patient to patient.
1: Now, in that context, would you say that beginning a clean care conversation with respect to hand hygiene is something we really need to focus on moving forward
2: definitely um i've been involved in a number of situations where i've been on a unit and uh, you know patients have approached me i'm doing hand hygiene audits and they've asked what i'm doing because of course you're standing in the hallway watching people with a clipboard so you kind of stand out and uh, when i tell them i'm doing hand hygiene, It always pleases me that uh, they'll tell me that when they were first admitted, somebody had a conversation with them about hand hygiene. They explained to them the importance of it, um, went through some of the times that they should be doing it, and then also told them to please speak up if their healthcare provider wasn't um, doing hand hygiene when they came into the room. And uh, it was amazing how empowered the patient felt in terms of being a part of the process. I think the patient felt like they were part of the plan To keep them safe. And I think
1: that really does provide us with a perspective on where we need to go because we always talk about those negative outcomes. What happens when you don't wash your hands? What happens when you're not doing hand hygiene? How do you think we're going to be able to increase the capacity, if you will, of developing conversations in healthcare?
2: One of the best ways to increase the capacity is to really target that admission when the patient first comes there. I think that if you can have that five-minute conversation with them when you arrive, sort of set the stage for the length of their stay, um, then the rest almost takes care of itself. If you show them what to look for and you show them what they should be seeing, um, they're very happy to share that information with Anybody they see along, along their path, and, and I've been witness to it. Um, and I've also been witness to them sharing very happy um, situations or uh, thanking healthcare providers when they've done hand hygiene in front of them. Um, I've seen them uh, demonstrate for others and ask others to clean their hands when they have visitors. Um, they're happy to take that teaching and share it with with other people that come into the room as well. Um, So I think that initial five-minute conversation uh, goes a long way.
1: And from that perspective, it sounds like maybe the turning point is going from the negative, talking about the consequences, to putting together a plan to have those conversations and maybe to have a future that is more positive than Mm -hmm. circumstantial.
2: Definitely. Recognizing and thanking people uh, for a job well done goes a long way in, I think, everything we do. Um, And so highlighting that is very important, even in something like hand hygiene.
1: Unless you happen to be one of those outspoken people who don't care about consequences, you've probably said at one time or another, I don't want to cause any trouble. It's a natural part of being human. As much as we tend to admire disruptors and follow shocking societal changes in our personal lives, we tend to be a little more protective and less likely to get involved. In infection prevention control, the concern with causing trouble is a significant barrier that has little to do with compliance, but rather with long-instilled societal norms in the healthcare setting. As much as the research suggests this needs to change, evolution has been difficult to achieve. That's where Clean Care Conversations can take the lead. You can ask about the presence of Clean Care. Are there tools available such as soap and water, towels and hand cleaner? You can ask about the role of Clean Care in healthcare, as Davina pointed out. You can be inquisitive about how providers are cleaning their hands in the hopes of learning how to do it for yourself. You can ask if you can be of assistance in helping to prevent infection spread both in the facility and even at home. You can bring others into the conversation. Patients, family members and visitors can all take part in conversing about clean care and why it is so important for everyone. And don't forget, thank your provider for clean care, and especially when they wash their hands in front of you. These are all simple actions that are respectful and based on observations. Whether provider or patient, we are all humans. We are all people. And if we engage in meaningful and positive conversations, we can work hand in hand to make a difference. Of course, there are still those who might believe they are crossing a line. Others may simply not know where to start. And then there are the people who believe that the healthcare environment is actually antagonistic. And healthcare staff are not looking out for them. That's why we have Carmen Stevens joining us. She is a member of Patients for Patient Safety Canada and has been working to develop programs and initiatives to increase the visibility of change so compliance becomes natural as opposed to troublesome. This podcast is developed for the Canadian Patient Safety Institute's Stop, Clean Your Hands Day campaign and sponsored by Gojo Canada. Whether you're a patient visitor, provider, or a worker in a healthcare setting. Cleaning hands is one of the best ways to prevent infection. Clean care saves lives.
0: I'm Carmen Stevens. I am a a patient family advisor with the Saskatchewan Health um, Authority, and I'm a patient partner with uh, Patients for Patients uh, Safety Canada.
1: So what's it like working with the Saskatchewan Health Authority?
0: With the authority, it's a, a new experience because we've just come a year ago from 12 regional authorities to one provincial authority, and it is an excellent experience. They are listening, and it's it's what we wanted as patients and patient family advisors, to be able to go between one region and get the same care in the next region. Everybody's following the same protocols, and this is what we're working on now. And it's it's wonderful. And uh, you can see it coming together. You can see the, the benefits. It's slow, it's often a, a one step forward and three back, but hey, that's just the way it is. And rather do it slowly and do it right.
1: Give us a perspective as to what the climate was like in the past regarding patients having conversations with healthcare providers.
0: There was no continuity between care. Very often, uh, as a, a PFA, something we heard from healthcare staff down in the little areas was they always make mistakes when they send back discharge papers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's simply because no one was doing the same thing. And uh, that's what is changing. We are beginning, I think a lot of us are beginning to realize that, hey, if I go from Prince Albert to Saskatoon, I know, and I better know, that I can ask the same questions of the health care, my health providers there, as I can up here. They'll know, they'll give me the same answer I'm getting up in Prince Albert.
1: So, was there a lack of consistency in the way that healthcare was provided that acted as a barrier uh, against having good conversations between patients and healthcare providers?
0: Definitely. De- uh, very much so.
1: Now, you say that there is a, a new health authority, and now this is covering the whole province. Do you think then that we are starting to see an evolution happening where having a conversation is no longer uh, accepted in one place and maybe not in another, but it's something that will be uh, consistent throughout the whole province?
0: We're we'll all being consistent throughout the whole province. It is—it's um, a culture change when uh, patient family advisors came. Into being or were mandated by the ministry to the health ministry to be a part of their own health care. Um, It's something we were not used to, and the culture change is still hard for the providers because we have to keep getting through to them that we're not there to tell them what to do. They have to trust us that we are bringing the patient's view, and here's where we think we need changes to improve our care, because this has happened or this particular problem arose during the treatment session.
1: I, I want you to elaborate a little bit on that by telling me what are the perceptions regarding that boundary... And the potential risk for infections if we don't have those conversations.
0: We don't ask. We don't, as a patient, we don't know that we can ask questions. Um, We... We don't realize as patients that it's our experiences that we've had in health care that can help the providers and change ways of treatments, ways of approaching a conversation.
1: How do you start a conversation between your healthcare provider?
0: By asking. I'm able to because I've been taught. Uh, I just say... Uh, Can you help me out here? Can you tell me why? I'm able to do that. And that's what we're trying to teach people, patients, how to do that and the families.
1: In the context then of hand hygiene, it's really not just about whether or not someone puts their hands in the sink or uses hand sanitizer. It really comes down to a culture. Yes,
0: definitely. Definitely.
1: This marks the end of this special edition of The Patient Podcast. I hope it has shed some light on the importance of the pact and how you can help to ensure it leads to a better future. If you want to learn more about germs and the impact on their lives, I invite you to read my books, The Germ Code and The Germ Files. You can find them on Amazon and usually in bookstores near you. You'll learn to love the majority of those harmless microbes and know how to avoid the pathogens to stay safe. For more general science, listen to the Super Awesome Science Show, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much every other podcast platform. And don't forget to subscribe to Patient, because this podcast is for your safety, your health, and you. I'm Jason the Germ Guy Tetro. Thank you for joining me.